0: With COVID bearing down on our brains and bodies, we've been living on borrowed time, says Tom Izzo. Is this the wake-up call we've been waiting for? You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by Chairman of the Anti-Car Coleman Click, Kevin Grek. Greck, why do you hate seeing
1: people living their best lives? Well, because I'm I'm dead inside. I'm empty, <laughs> um, and and so I lash out at others, um, and that's just who I am at my core. It True takes, words never been spoken. It takes a, and it also
2: it takes a big, long, slender man to be able to admit that about himself.
0: And that other person speaking that you might not have known is also here. The mostly <laughs> ignored rage tweeting uh, listener guest
2: Alex Plum.
0: Plum, you angry? Nobody likes you. Are you angry that nobody likes your commentary?
2: Yeah, I am. I tweet a lot of really good hateful content, and no one retweets it. I get a lot of quote tweets telling me how dumb I am. That's kind of engagement, but I. Uh, <laughs>
1: It all spends the same. It all all counts one. All
0: press is good press. Uh, Thank you, of course, everyone for listening. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on the old Twitter machine and that Instagram machine, at Spartan underscore pod. Grek Structure of the show.
1: Structure of the show begins with the sport that always leads, football, because there's losses in the other one. So we don't want to (laughs) talk about that yet. avoiding Uh, it. So we're going to talk about that top 10 finish, talk about some changes to the personnel, both in the coaching staff and on the team, Uh, and then go on to basketball, where there's some good news (laughs) and there's... Well, there's very little good news. There's medium news and there's bad news. Uh, And then, of course, we'll go off Grand River. A couple things we're talking about there and preview the game against Wisconsin. Then, as always, we'll take your Twitter questions. There's some doozies in here.
0: Doozies. Doozies indeed. So, yes, uh, let's not talk about basketball for a minute. And... uh, you know, it, I don't know that there's much to be said about finishing top 10 in the AP and the coaches poll, but um, I, I I think where I'm at it is, on it is that it's never bad to reflect on how kind of improbable this whole year seemed. Um, mm-hmm. e- even if we all thought that we would be a lot better than many folks were giving Michigan State credit for, Yeah, uh, incredibly improbable. And uh, I mean, how many times has that happened for Michigan State historically?
1: Sixth. I think it's the sixth top 10 finish or something like that. Something I know similar. we've had six 11 win
0: seasons. So, I mean, certainly more than Kentucky has. <laughs> I did not include that on the outline, but some folks in Kentucky, big mad uh, about Mel Tucker, not including them in his top 25. Um, we uh, also have a new schedule out from the big 10 office, uh, which Takes us back to Ann Arbor, brings the Buckeyes to East Lansing. Um, have you guys gotten a chance to to take a peek at the schedule? I mean, I know we're going to talk a lot of football over the summer months, but some first impressions anyway?
2: I have. I do. I'm, I I don't know how good of a take this is. I will note that respected and venerated uh, Lansing State Journal columnist Graham Couch uh got himself into quite the tizzy because Michigan has eight home games this season. And then I noted that we have seven. And so I didn't really know whence the frustration or, you know, high and mightyism that he is so well respected for. Is this really a substantive difference? Eight home games in Ann Arbor for them versus seven at home for us. Is there something that I'm missing around the comparables there?
1: I mean, it's significant, uh, but it's something that's going to happen to MSU eventually, right? Because let's say you play two non-conference opponents that um, are kind of welcome to East Lansing. Here's your check. Give us our win, please. And then there's going to be one other power five um, opponent, whether that's Washington, whether that's Boston College, whether that's Oregon, whether that's Notre Dame. Those are going to be home and homes. And then now because we play a nine game conference season every other year is going to be either five home games or four home games. So occasionally those stars might align um, and we might have an eight win or an eight game home conference slate um, or an eight game home home slate. So I don't know. Yeah. this isn't the thing that matters to me at all about the conference, Uh, re, uh you know, the, the new conference schedules being out. The one that's the thing that stuck out to me was we now have U of M and Ohio state off that both at home, both away type schedule that we had yes. them on before. Mm-hmm. So that's useful. We'll take that. And the other big news is Penn state and perhaps semi permanently uh moved to the end of the season. So, Gone are the days of having a worthless game against Rutgers or Maryland or whatever at the end of the year that no one went to. Uh, The fans will have a marquee game, last game of the year, uh, that Thanksgiving weekend game that the Big Ten just started playing five years ago now, something like that. Which Um, I continue to be a proponent of that should be an alumni student section game. Yep, yeah, it's a good
0: idea. Hey, First here, first here.
1: And I'm sure when it gets announced, Mel will be like, K- can't read can't write came up with this we're we're going to call it the can't read can't write bowl
0: um, Alan Haller will invite me personally to his suite Yep, you'll be in the uh, president's suite
1: hanging out with Stanley assuming like, he's still he, there Damn. 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 Uh he just got a big raise, I believe. Did he? Yeah, I think okay. so. I haven't All right. I'm not up on everything. Those are the things that jumped out at me. Um so begin the season with Minnesota at home, go to Maryland, Ohio state, Wisconsin at home, um, go to Michigan after a, a shared bye week. That was the that, big thing on Twitter of just these two teams are going to have two weeks to talk at each other.
0: Yeah. That's going to be a real joy. Uh, I, I will admit I have a weird, um, excitement for that Minnesota game. I, I don't know. They they seem a bit resurgent and um you know, it it just felt it felt less boring than your typical out of the west game. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. And then of course, you know, um what's his name? Um has a lot PJ of BJ Fleck? Fleck has, you know, a lot of knowledge of MSU. Um so He he has as many slogans as Mel Tucker, so <laughs> they are that. they I mean Mel Tucker is Closing that gap. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: let's talk some personnel, and then uh, Mel Tucker was available to media after. Uh, 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 was it the Michigan State High School Coaches Association? Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he had like a you know a, a bit of a press conference there. That there were some some things worth maybe mentioning from that. Uh, but uh, first, it was made official. What everyone already knew, including like it wasn't even a, a well-kept or a, a poorly kept secret. It was understood to be true, but Ephraim Reed is officially the running backs coach for Michigan state. Um,
1: Tell us about I, Ephraim Reed real quick. Uh, used to be on the staff as left. an analyst.
0: Uh, yep. He played uh, running back for Jay Johnson down at Louisiana, um, native of Louisiana um, by all accounts is uh, on a personality level, uh, a really great guy. So there's some optimism uh, about his ability as a recruiter um, and his knowledge of the scheme and having been a running back for Jay Johnson should make him uh, a- as a coach invaluable. Um, I know a lot of, you know, coaches can switch from position group to position group and it doesn't, you know, it seemingly matter too much that they, whether they played it or not. But um, I've got to believe for a, a first time out of the gate, um, in a brand new coach, this is, uh, this is a nice fit. Uh, couldn't, couldn't imagine, um, better, better landing ground for him. Uh, and so oh, really? we'll see, you know, 25, yeah, yeah, 26. Think, yeah. Right.
1: Something like that. yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, one of the things Mel Tucker talked about is, uh, you know, wanting to have diversity on staff and,
1: yeah.
0: you know, that, that having a, a younger guy on staff is, you know, seen as a value add. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we'll see, I mean, we'll see how it plays out uh, on the recruiting trail. I, I don't think anyone's holding their breath that we're going to land uh, Travante Citizen, uh, even though we landed in his top eight and he's from Louisiana. But, you know, if there's a guy who can make an impression there, you would think it would be Reed. So uh, that's big. Uh, do we want to take addition or subtraction first?
1: Let's let's do one of each. Uh, let's go back and forth. Big news today. I I found to be completely out of left field. I I was not expecting this. Uh, it appears that there has been a mutual parting of ways between MSU and Ron Burton, uh, defensive line coach, and holdover from the D'Antonio staff, who uh, now reporting is coming out to the contrary. Contrary, but I was always of the impression that it was a solid, okay recruiter and produced, you know, kind of punched above his weight in terms of um, defensive line talent on the interior that, you know, was produced relative to recruiting expectations for those guys. So um, reporting out of 24 seven, which is public um, is that in fact, this has been sort of ongoing for a while there is perhaps some discontent uh, among the players about Mr. Ron Burton. Um, Jonesy, anything that you want to add to that? Um,
0: I mean, we'll say the nice things uh, because that, that was surprising to me. You hear the guy interview Mm -hmm. um, and he seems like a really nice guy. And and I don't even know that there was so much of a reflection of, uh, you know, I don't know enough, but it sounds like defensive linemen don't come back to Michigan State and visit. And apparently sometimes that relationship had soured over time. But uh, it it is literally undeniable that through the course of his nine, ten years at Michigan State, nine years at Michigan State, um, you know, produced some stellar run defenses uh, in that time. Uh, And last year led, I believe, Michigan State, despite the fact that I think it's fair to say we had pass rush issues, and this will seem like a disconnect, but we, as much as we had pass rush issues, we did lead the the conference in sacks. Um, so you know, and a lot of dudes playing in the NFL under under Ron Burton. Yeah, um,
2: so. it it strikes me that I read this that he had gotten kind of wooed by Indiana uh, yeah. in 2020, and yes. Right. And so I know Tucker had, you can understand why Tucker's motivation, right, in keeping him. He had just started his first season. He needed kind of consistency under the gun, but you wonder what impact that has on a guy. Good that he's getting looks from other Big Ten schools. We wish him the best. And you kind of hate to see someone get, you know, a bump, maybe a contract extension, only to have a parting of the way so soon.
1: Well, yeah, Burton's going to land somewhere. And that was the circumstances where Mark D'Antonio retired and his phone started ringing. So, yeah. um, he was able, you know, like you said, Mel Tucker was able to bring him back on staff and, uh, this is a guy that's going to land on his feet. Very well yeah. respected in coaching circles is my understanding.
0: Okay. Yes. Uh, but I think maybe the most, you know, uh, it, I think it's easy to say that this is pretty exciting news in an innovative hire. Uh, Mel Tucker has hired Brandon Jordan as a pass rush specialist coach, um, which indicates to me he'll be working largely, largely with defensive ends, sort of edge mm-hmm. rushers, but potentially some of the linebackers as well. Um, Brandon Jor- uh, Jordan is not necessarily, a, a, well, not a household name in terms of uh, you know, coaching circles, but th- in fact, this will be his first college job. Uh, he's 32 years old and is the is an individual trainer for some of the best names in the NFL on the offensive and defensive lines, as well as some high-profile college uh, athletes. He worked with, in fact, recent transfers, uh, Aaron Brule and Jacoby Windeman. Um, he also has worked with a ton of top-end high school talent, which obviously we will have to stop doing now. Um, but this is uh this is a big hire someone who who's built a brand as a trainer which i think says something about what he might be for us as a recruiter yeah. and also what his seen value add is as literally a coach just coaching guys
1: yeah uh, the social media uh he's got that figured out he's got the branding figured out mm-hmm. and that's that's a big part of recruiting now so um by all accounts universal acclaim on this hire and kind of seen as a innovative approach uh, for Mel Tucker. So that's very encouraging. And, you know, these days with these football staff um, additions, you know, you can take fires on, on guys do take a chance, be a little innovative in these areas. And this is a good, so far, it, it seems like this is a really good opportunity.
0: Yeah. I I I have to have some modicum of faith about if the NFL is literally paying this guy to come in and instruct its players that there's some proof there, you know? Yeah. Um. A couple uh a couple other notes th- about Mel Tucker's media availability that I just wanted to touch on. Um, uh, something we kind of alluded to in different ways, but I, I thought it was interesting because Mel Tucker's so process driven. Um, he was asked about Darius Snow, who played some some not nickel, but actual safety in the, uh, in the peach bowl. Um, and, and asked with, you know, with some of the additions with X coming back, what, you know, are there going to be any scheme changes? And it sounds like part of their annual processes is, is literally evaluating every play that they've seen in the past year and whether a scheme change is warranted. And then mm-hmm. talking about how f- personnel will fit within that. Um, I don't know how D'Antonio ran things, but uh, it certainly felt like offensively nothing changed for a great number of years. Uh, this this sort of self reflection, I I thought sounded intriguing and exciting. I, I don't know if anyone's got any other thoughts, but uh, nope. it, you know, we saw some things work, we saw some things not work last year, and it's good to know that they'll be addressing them. Um, the other note is he was asked about Covarrubias Crouch, who. There's been a ton of rumors flying around about Q. You know, is he staying? Is he going? Is he going to the NFL? Uh, And it sounds like he was hurt. Uh, Tucker said he's on the mend and that we'll be getting him ready for spring ball. Uh, We've added a ton of linebackers there, though, there. So I I imagine it's going to be a lot of competition. Um, I don't know how much Q we're going to be seeing in the next year.
1: Hmm. We'll find out.
0: Uh, uh, can we keep talking about football, though, please? Because I don't want to talk about basketball. What? No, we
1: let's uh let's <laughs> talk about this basketball team. Um, two games this week. Uh, one Minnesota game that uh, was kind of the omen for the <laughs> Northwest. There have been game. omens since High Point.
0: We we Dude. after the New Year when we recorded the post Peach Bowl win. I think we described them as we talked about being, how could we be so unhappy with three victories? Yeah.
2: We said it's the Spartan way. Mm. Well, (laughs) yeah.
1: The problem was that this was
0: not the Spartan way.
1: Since that sort of like four or five game window of like the Louisville, Toledo, Minnesota, you know, Penn state, Oakland type games that I kind of like lump all of those together in December. Um, it's not been very impressive. You know, High, High point was a win, of course, but it, it raised a lot of questions. Um, that initial Northwestern game, you know, we talked about a win is a win on the road in the Big Ten. But since then, you know, that Nebraska game, this this Minnesota game, not very impressive at all. At all. and kind of uh, looking like the team might be trending in some ways in the wrong direction right now. Well, what do you guys think? Yeah, Yes and no. I mean, there's a lot
2: to be concerned about um, and I know we'll get into it. Uh, not having anybody that can play reliably at the five um, is going to continue to kill us. Uh, we don't have consistency out of Hauser still. Where Bingham had a bad day. That cost us big. Uh, we talked, you guys talked last week on the pod about how it was so nice Um, when Gabe Brown plays well, that we get the pressure off Christie so he can play in himself. And that's right. And by the counterpoint to that, when Christie has an off night, which he undoubtedly had against Northwestern, um, we're losing a lot of backup points that we need to help keep momentum. For me, Northwestern was a momentum swing game. And I know we didn't reclaim the lead a lot in that game, but enough that there were moments when we could have put enough space in between us to not get to the place that we got.
1: When was the last change? We're kind of conflating the two games together, but I think the last change in the lead was like at the, the three and a half minute mark for Northwestern. Um, yeah.
2: I don't, maybe even like four. Good. I know there were a lot more in the, in the Minnesota game, but I, 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 I and I'm just focusing on Northwestern right now, but, but this, the, at least well for those are consistent points, I guess. I mean, um, and I haven't gotten to Marvel yet, but, but, and, and let someone else can, but I just wanted to say that I don't, I'm not surprised by, I'm angry at it, but this is the, this is a Michigan state program loss. We get a Michigan state program loss like this every single season where we lose to a radically beatable, uh, under just underperforming beatable team in, in late January, North Lester didn't have their best player out there. And we—it should have been Minnesota, and Minnesota should have been the wake-up call. Somehow we squeak by on the heels of Joey Hauser, you, you, everyone loved to celebrate. You fools! You hold fools! On, hold on. Hold on. Fools.
0: Let's 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 slow down for a second because I think there's a lot of big picture things to take away from this week. But let's start with that Minnesota game yeah. because uh, it certainly was a harbinger for what was to come, yeah. uh, and. And so, and and had a nice moment, feel good moment at the end. That maybe <laughs> this is our first time doing it on camera. And Plum's face right now is just prices. You're you're right. You're right. Okay, let's just say you're right. All right. Go on. All right, so let's let's start there. So um, let's let's start with high points from that uh, <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> from from that Minnesota game. Uh, Max Christie had himself. A pretty okay game. Uh, 16 points, five boards, four assists, one steal. Did cough it up two times. Uh, You know, we turned the ball over 13 times against Minnesota. I would describe 13 at this point in time for Michigan State as an acceptable number.
1: No. (laughs) Damn you. No. Damn you. This is where this team's at. You're just putting that evil on them.
0: At this point in time, 13. I'll swallow it. Whatever, it's fine. Ugh. That's that. That's fine. Um. Uh, but so I mean, that,
1: some, what are they averaging right now? I think like twenty, twenty and a half, a game, yeah, something like so, that. So, so yeah, thirteen would be a, a huge improvement. Seven possessions there. more a game. Yeah. Uh.
0: So yeah. So not like I mean it. It wasn't. It could have been a lot worse. Uh, you know the. So let's talk about some some sort of lowlights from the game. Uh, I've like. got
1: one for uh, for the Minnesota game. How about the comedy of errors to end the first half? Because this this program and this team does not know how to have fouls to give at Correct. the end of a yes. half. Correct.
0: Davis so, Smith is sent out there to foul.
1: His whole job is to foul. He, he Somehow
0: just, Gabe Brown ends up picking up the foul instead. It's just...
1: They, uh, I guarantee you, they don't bother practicing this stuff because they're like, ah, eh, it's it's us. We're never gonna have fouls to give at the end of a half. Never. Oh, um, it was such a mess. Oh my god. But so, uh Tyson it was so Walker bad. He went, didn't
0: know
2: what he was doing. He didn't know how to give the foul. Yeah,
1: or, he had no
0: idea. I, he had no idea. Mm. It was. Let's let's talk about Tyson Walker Uh because. That it was a truly puzzling experience we had. Tyson Walker had 10 points in that game. Yeah. Uh, three assists and had three turnovers in a row and took himself out of the game.
1: Yeah. In his box plus minus, he was he was in the negative category for his time on the floor. Right. So I'm um, assuming that, you know, uh, I'm
0: uh, assuming a lot of guys actually were in the negative. I didn't look at the box plus minus, but that would with a two point lead, I would not be surprised. Right.
1: Um, yeah. So Bingham was like the, the heavy negative, um, in that well, I was, he's next.
0: Yeah. We'll
2: get on
1: to my him. list. We'll get to old Mark. Uh, but um, he,
0: so he, I mean, here's the thing it, about Tyson Walker is that, it, it, you know, he ended up having a, I think an okay game against Northwestern. Um, but you know, it, Tyson Walker took nine field goal attempts in, in the, uh, in the Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. Good. I, like I want that type. He took yeah. nine field goals oh, attempts God. in 17 minutes. Yeah. I want that Tyson Walker. Yeah. The, the guy went two for three from behind the arc. And, and what's maddening about him is that people will go under on him on a screen. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't punish them. Yeah. Well, he He's started doing like 60 that percent right now.
1: Yeah. He started doing that a few games ago. What was that? I think the Nebraska game, They were going under on screens and he, he lit them up, um, a a few times. His three percent shooting right now is like 40, right? I thought it was 60. He's got to take more of those shots. He's got to, he's got to Tyson. Well, I can tell you what he can't do. He doesn't get to
2: take himself out of the game because he's having a man time. I mean, even Izzo doesn't accept that and said as much. I don't, that's. If you're gonna play the one, you have to be able to command leadership. You have to be able to set a tempo, and you have to understand culture. And those those things, you you're not doing because you you can't mentally get there. Fuck! If that happened, Joey Hauser wouldn't play a single minute a game.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to Izzo and Joey Hauser, but uh, Tyson Walker is at fifty seven percent. Is it fifty seven percent? Yeah, that, that's yeah. unbelievable. From three. And he, yeah, he's not, he's not shooting enough. So, um, so, you know, that, so we saw a lot of AJ down, down the stretch. I, I will say AJ six assists, one turnover, um, only five points, but like he played a good game. One block, mm-hmm. one steal. Like, you know, AJ played a good game. Uh, I honestly, by whose standards
1: was, he, no, he did. he, he Six assists and one turnover for AJ is a good game. Yeah, in 15 minutes. Um, the the highlight, I think. Um, oh, pardon me. I keep going to the wrong box score. My apologies. My apologies. But, 23 but minutes, Marcus yes. Bingham was a
2: real real nightmare.
1: Yeah, still a plus in the... Uh, not in the thing, ag- I'm sorry. I got
2: to go back to Hogarth. We'll go to Bingham in a minute. Go to Hogarth. Is is this acceptable because he's effectively the backup point guard now? That's why it that's why this is acceptable because before this and when you have someone like Tyson Walker taking himself out of basketball games, a guy that won't shoot the ball for whatever reason, that performance, 6 assists and only one turnover is no one's definition of sufficient play. He played good. He played good. He played he played well. He did I just play think, well. I think this is what's happening. And this is the and this again, Michigan State, ladies and gentlemen. We regress to the mean and we regress to the lowest common denominator, which in this case is is Minnesota or is Northwestern without their playing away on the road at the in the Breslin without their best player playing. That Michigan state. And and it's our expectations by saying Six assists and only one turnover. That's what we want out of our backup point guard who got 15 minutes in that game.
1: Woo! Um, if you if you want to take anything away from Hogard uh, in this game, he was one for four at the rim in scoring. So that's yes. a lot of those like heads full of steam going right towards the rim and then Heart getting stuffed. Doubt. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, at the rim you should be scoring, you know, 60%, something like that, at least. Uh, Higher than that, probably. So if you're getting stuffed, if you're only doing one for four, uh, those are effectively turnovers. So you can add a couple effective turnovers to his turnover margin. And um, I don't know. How about, uh, you know, if we have one positive between these two games, how about the free throw shooting, though? Hmm? I'll give you that,
2: and I'll give it to Julius Marble, who I did not expect. To come in so clutch. Uh, Gabe Brown, great. Max Christie, generally.
1: Yeah, uh, Gabe against uh, Minnesota, um, 8 for 8. 8 for 8, from eight 7, line, seven right? eight for 8, yep. Uh, Pretty good. But you know who
2: doesn't shoot free throws very well? Marcus Bingham.
1: Aww. All right, all right. What do you get so it? Let us know. Let's, uh, let's officially go to the Northwestern game. We've been just – we've basically – Put this into one giant, you know, cyclone of suck. Uh, even though one of these is a win and one of these is a loss, let's right, just so, officially talk about. No, that, they're right? both losses. Let's talk about it. Okay, so one right, is so, a win. <laughs> why
0: don't we start here? Julius Marble, nineteen minutes, went for seven for seven from the floor, four for four from the free throw line, four rebounds, one steal. I'm sorry, no, no, no. I'm sorry, one block uh and 18 points had himself a game. so blew away the plus minus we we have we have said the nice things about julius marble and and actually let's say a couple more nice things about julius marble because he he showed more hustle and effort than i think i've seen out of him Mm yeah on the defensive side of the ball um you know i would have liked to see more rebounds out of him but we'll talk about that in a second uh but the but Julius marble was holding the zone on the inside, had himself a game. Dude, dude couldn't miss literally, literally could not miss. Um, and we will get to why he didn't play down the stretch because there's not an explanation. In fact, Tom has said, I don't know. Um, but this to me was a team loss and, 'm I'm not, I'm not prepared to melt down in the way that like some truly atrocious things were on the Twitter space about this team, and I'm not even talking about Plum's account. Yeah,
1: I was going to say uh, written by by Plum Alex. All heard by Plum Alex. This, you know, the, <laughs> Michigan
0: state, we, we talked earlier, we, we admonished the Izone about that the, the identity of Michigan state is defend, rebound, and run, and you should be cheering your loudest. In those order. And yet this team. Did not care to do any of that. None and of that. It. Tom Izzo talked about that in the press conference. That he seems to think that his team thinks. That they should just be an offensive team. Because it, truly. Their, their efficiency numbers on offense are good. But. The defensive effort in this game. I mean it was a team. Team collapse.
2: Team collapse. Just standing there slack jawed. As <laughs> Northwestern got every single offensive
1: rebound they could muster. And I did get a chat uh halfway through the second half, like the guys don't even jump anymore. <laughs> they're not. They'd be like just whiplash yeah. as their necks are toggling around. Well oh, the ball?
2: The ball.
0: Yeah, uh, A nine-point differential on the offensive boards. Oh, I'm sorry, a a, a nine-differential on the offensive boards. Um, I don't have... Oh, wait, there they are. Uh, Six additional second-chance points uh, from uh, Northwestern over Michigan State.
1: And
0: only three differential on turnovers. That's interesting.
1: Is this the time to shift over to Mr. Marcus Bingham? Let's Sorry do it. Played only 12 minutes, but um They were a really critical laid, twelve. Critical really number. laid an egg on those twelve minutes. Uh minus eighteen in the box plus minus uh over those twelve minutes. Two rebounds, three turnovers,
0: two blocks, two points. That uh I mean and, and it was just sort of poetic justice that he missed the front end of a one-on-one to yeah. tie the game. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not mad at the dude for missing a free throw because we no. didn't deserve to win that game. Sure. But, but his, tw- his other 12 minutes or his other
2: 11 minutes of the game are part of the reason that we lost that game. That I blame him for. Well, I think that's the point, right? Like, if, in the final analysis, the one thing I can give Joey Hauser is, you know, he might have dicked around for a good, you know, however many minutes he played sand 21 yeah okay for 20 minutes and 35 seconds but in the 25 seconds that it actually mattered he delivered and this is the thing with essentials in basketball whether it's rebounding if it's not turning the ball over or it's free throws you have to do the essentials and if you can't make free throws you get a toaster you get a toaster in the back you get a toaster in the head. You get a
1: toaster wherever it is likely to hurt you because you deserve get to be toaster. hurt. You get a toaster in the bath, as I thought. You, right? you, you might get a toaster in the bath.
2: <laughs> this is a, a callback to a, a Melissa McCarthy. I don't know what, if it was SNL oh. when she does the behind the lines and she's the abusive women's basketball coach. <laughs> no. She's like caught on film throwing a toaster at the players. And... Um, Anyway, but that's just it. And that and, and I, this team, as a rule, Izzo recruits players who consistently are under 50% from behind the charity stripe. That is a requirement to play at Michigan State. You cannot be good at free throws. He doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> your ability to do essential basketball.
1: Did anyone else go to Izzo on Broadway back when that was a, a show at Wharton Center? No uh so this is a, a nice little cultural artifact i still have the playbill here somewhere there was i think in 2009 there was a broadway show uh, all about tom Izzo's life uh it was a play it was never on broadway it was at it was at Warren, but it culminated with tom Izzo making a critical th- free throw because of his you know The story of him in high school missing a critical free throw and then hitting 100 every practice and all that stuff. So then I get Plum here on this podcast being like, he doesn't care. He's never cared about free throw. Well, he might care personally, but you tell me. You tell me. I mean, overall, the team was 12 for 14 in that game.
2: Unacceptable.
1: (laughs) 14 out of 14 or forget the whole thing.
2: I just don't. It's free money. You can't leave the points on the table. Kills well, me. See, we, so, to me,
0: this it, it this wasn't a a free throw problem as much as
1: Alex inexplicably people, wants to narrow in. Everything on can that. be distilled down to a free throw problem for Alex. No, you're, the, the rule one in <laughs> process.
2: No, no, rule one in process. Control what you can control. Control what you can <laughs> no, control. Well,
0: and Alex, here's what you can control. You can control your hustle, and and so better point. Did, did, yeah, st- stop with the free throws like that. That is a <laughs> nonsense complaint. What you should be complaining about is that this this team didn't defend, it didn't rebound, and it didn't run. It didn't do those things. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And and I mean, Julius Marble worked his ass off, but like the the rest of them. I, all right, I'll give it to Gabe too. Ten points, nine rebounds. I'll give Gabe that. Um, Max Christie, you know, he had an off night, one for eight from the field, but 6.6 rebounds. I, I, I'll i give M- Max Christie a pass on this, too. But the rest of them? free throws. The rest of them? Like, I, I mean, I, I just, I can't. And, you know, I also, I could talk about Malik Hall when, and how he's not finding his shot enough because he's been good. I mean, he missed that he's, three, but, like, he's been
1: good. Yeah, on the season, he's been shooting threes really well, yeah. almost as well yeah, as Tyson. That's Mata. why
0: I I can't get mad at him about missing that three, right? Like, it was a good shot. He just missed, and that
2: happens. Well, it went but, in and out. I mean, it was one of those where that's just a fade yeah. throw line. To, that happens. Yeah, right, exactly. But but it, it, is, it is getting
0: absolutely bodied on the defensive end, yeah. which is now where I want to turn my gaze to Tom Izzo because – some of that stuff's coaching. Yeah. Like it is demanding and confronting at at, at, at all op- all opportunities, which I think we've seen a subdued Tom Izzo to a degree. And, and he said he described himself as soft on this team for some reason. But at the end of the game, when it was close, Tom Izzo went with a small ball lineup. Yeah. And he had Joey Hauser out there playing the five. Yep. Getting absolutely embarrassed. Yep. By their center, and and you know, here's the thing. I I think we're all at the place where we're like, Joey is who he is, and and we can be happy for him when he scored the game winner. That was a hustle play he made, and that was a, that was some strength he went up with the ball. Um, we can be happy for him when he has other good performances, but like, I don't expect Joey to be putting in. Ten plus minutes a night at the five in the Big Ten, correct? Because he can't do it. Can't do it. He's he. It's just. It's a good change of pace. It's it's a way to counter some things, but like it's not a. That's not down the stretch. What you're doing, particularly when you have Julius Marble, who's seven for seven, and four for four. (laughs) Like I, I just that is malpractice on on Izzo, and this loss is as much on him,
1: as it is on his team yeah bye. Bye-bye. bye all right anything else um you you mentioned that Izzo says he's been softer on this team um anything else we want to talk about before we move to sort of like the bigger picture of this of this yet team, uh this kevin season? i'm just
0: i'm just curious how you want your crow served um well we're not there Lee yet because Carr and keon Coleman were on the bench for that northwestern game well we're not, we're, not there.
1: we're not there yet We'll see we'll see when they play a game. Uh, no, some,
0: no one said anything about playing a game, my friend.
1: I got <laughs> you some crow said for wouldn't. you. Uh you know, you said that there were gonna be some opportunities for garbage time coming up here, and uh yeah, I would have thought that uh Minnesota at home you, or a Northwestern those, at home. You
0: pull those you find those receipts. You find where I said I thought they would play, not that they could play in garbage time.
1: All right. Moving on. Um oh, bigger the best thing guys. on is it.
0: Sorry, last thing on the Izzo comment. He he seemed to think that his team has decided that they can win on offense. And I thought his, his his response to that was, I've been doing this for a long time and the game isn't different. That, yeah, sure, there's fewer big men, more threes, but like the game is not different. And there's he, he commented that there's a lot of great offensive teams that lose games. I you know I think some of the Beeline era. In fact, I'm I'm thinking back on it with his less talented defensive teams, that they were so reliant on the three point shot that you're like you're gonna get cold eventually. You're mm-hmm. gonna have a bad night eventually, and so you know Izzo's point. I, I just thought it was a really insightful thing that he was saying that I, I don't
1: disagree with him. I get
0: why he preaches what he does.
1: I've never uh, I'm I'm not sure if it if this has been mathematically proven, but the old adage is also that defense, defense travels, travels. Yeah. and if you want. If you want well, the uh, to be in contention for a Big Ten championship, well, one, you can't be losing games like this in Northwestern at home. Even though, as Plum has pointed out, you know this happens. I can recall being in the zone and watching you know Taylor Battle uh, annihilate us for from Penn State uh, in home games. Um, now he's you know on the bench over at um, the Northwestern sideline, but um, you, you got to well, go win some of these on the road as well. To be it, at the end know, of the year.
0: At the Minnesota game in real time, I made a note of is no one slapping the floor anymore? Mm. We're post slap, Jonesy. Post slap. That well, because I, I know that the the tracker says that, you know, we tend to give up points after a, a floor slap, but it does it, it is indicative about you know the team valuing and priding itself on defense. And you haven't seen that. I've not seen it once over the last several games, which tells me that the team is not taking pride in that part of the game. And and it's it, it, Izzo also commented about how you could put up, you know, the Baylor game and 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 compare it to these last two games. You could compare it
1: against the Minnesota game and say, that team that lost to Baylor was better than this team.
0: Mm.
1: Well, that's what we're seeing in the overall trend right now, right? I think it's fair yes. to say. That since those, you know, that clump of games that I mentioned earlier from Louisville through Oakland, this team has regressed uh, yeah. in, in its it's uh, it's in the ones and the fives primarily and what's happening in those positions. But it's got to be fixed if this team's going to remain in Big Ten title contention. I have a, a bit of a
0: pet theory for you guys that I'd like an opinion on, which is that this team is filled with shot blockers, like really good shot blockers. Christy can do it. Obviously, Bingham can do it. Gabe. Uh, Gabe can do it. Uh, Akins can do it, or Atkins, depending on who's calling the game. Uh, the, I mean, there's a lot of guys who can block shots on this team. And what I've been seeing is that at times there's two to three guys going up for a shot block. Yeah. And I, I have to wonder, is that affecting our rebounding? That number of guys getting out of position, committing to the ball, and not being there to take a man out on the rebound. It, just a theory. Mm. I don't know if anyone's noticed it, but it, it, it seems like we're not in position and we're not taking care of the ball. And it's because three dudes jumped in the air to try and block a shot.
2: Mm.
0: And 50-50 on whether they get called for a foul. So,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll take um, it. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that, Jonesy. I mean, For you. It's hard. It's hard for me to look at anything other than turnovers is the problem on this team. <laughs> sure. Turnovers sure. and maybe like some defensive three point, like th- wasn't there a time in that in the Northwestern game where they were like seven for eight on threes. It seems like teams seem to be able yeah. to light us up on threes every once in a while. Um. Anyway, um. anything else before we move on? Uh, Tom Izzo getting close to Bob Knight in terms of uh, Big Ten wins. Um, That's a big deal.
0: That's a big deal.
1: And uh, I didn't see these comments. Uh, Whoever put this in the outline, Izzo apparently made reference to the rescheduling of the U of M game.
0: Yeah, he was asked about whether it would happen in this week. And, you know, he's like, they have games, which I don't know that we've got a break after this week. So if the excuse for not playing the game is they have games, I take that to mean we're not, we're not playing this game
2: hmm.
0: because we've got games and we sure as shit shouldn't be taking the bullet. Correct. Uh, For their so, D one.
2: Yeah. Opportunity. So
0: anyway, I, I just, you know, he, he, he ended it with, well, you know, I'm just a coach. I don't really have a say in this. I don't think this game's getting played. And I think he was
1: saying this game's not getting played. Well, and I do. If, uh, yeah. Uh, everyone runs everything through plum Alex's Twitter account first. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to say that a marquee game like this is not going to be replayed. I'm guessing that the TV networks want to sell yeah, Fox has an opinion about it at ad time, you know CBS Sunday or something like that. Um, TV networks are going to want to set, uh, sell ad time for this uh, the Big Ten office is going to want that that scratch they're gonna they're going to do what they can to get this thing scheduled, but we'll see um. Let's talk, uh, changes in, in, uh, the guard in women's volleyball. Um, coach Kathy George has announced that she is retiring after 35 years as a volleyball coach. I knew that she had been there for a while. I had no idea that she'd been there for greater than my lifetime. Probably. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Um, You know, has a a winning record, but if you look at the recent years, you know, uh, I don't think they're quite as impressive. But um, an institution kind of decided to hang it up there.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, do you think Alan Haller is going to make this a bigger priority? I I think it's harder to oust coaches who have been there for a long time Mm -hmm. when you've not historically really seem to care about certain sports?
1: Well, this is not where I would have started, you know. Uh, well, but
0: but it's now that you have a fresh face coming in, uh, yeah. you can start to say, I'm watching.
1: Well, on paper, there's about to be some significant uh, improvements to the facilities. Uh, there are talks about putting money into Jenison and making things more official. I don't know if you, anyone here has been to a volleyball game at Jenison, but it's like, they roll the stands out and kind of put a floor up. And it's I love Jenison. it. It has some of the feel of like a high school volleyball type of game. Um, so if the university is going to make bigger investments in the facilities for these teams, uh, I think it is fair to say that teams like the softball team, teams like the baseball team, maybe, uh, and teams like volleyball will have higher expectations as we go.
0: What about uh, teams like Susie? All Suze. Because, because, you know, uh, Brennan Quinn, this was in reference to uh, after Turgeon was fired, not fired, uh, made a comment that I was like, you know, he's not really wrong about don't fire coaches who make the tournament. Like, even if they get an early exit, don't Mm -hmm. fire coaches who make the tournament. Cause you never know, right? Like, you know, one year it's, it's just so, it's so hard to get there. And then once you're there, that there just can be so much that goes wrong. Susie makes the tournament. Yeah. She also makes early exits in the tournament. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. And I just, I, I don't know that it's totally fair to try and compare what Susie does when she, she has to share a building with someone who has done what he's done. You know, it, and I think that's a, a big well. Unfair. I read
1: on uh Plum Alex's Twitter account that what he's done is not very impressive, so uh, maybe she's not worried about that. Yeah, that's fair. important. Well, the one Plum, thing Plum. is, her
2: girls make
1: free throws, so <laughs> uh, I will anyway. say, I mean, she's been what she's been the coach there for 14 years, something like that. Um, 14 15. I just remember who was the previous coach uh, McCallie Joanne. Yeah. I had her,
0: uh, husband for, uh, micro econ. Yes. And he was the worst. Yes. You did not like him. I remember this.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh so she's got two conference titles over that time. <laughs> Greg's like, uh, hey, that's a cool story, bro. Yeah. Uh, I did hear about this at the time when it was happening, that basically he was telling his class, like we're leaving. We're out of this town. Um, yeah. here's the but- string I got from Annette. But she has not made it past the second round since two thousand nine, when she went to the Sweet Sixteen. And I, I would think that maybe you could make an argument that there is a higher expectation for. But this you again, we did need to turn a celebration of
0: Kathy George into a question about. This Susie is Merchant?
1: not. But again, like I said, this is not where I would start if we're talking about Alan Haller holding. Yeah. Non-revenue teams to a higher standard. This is this is not the place. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyway, Kathy, congrats on a wonderful thirty-five years. Uh, Alex Plum will pick a watch for, out for you and uh, and send it your way. Timex! Uh,
2: guys. Let's, <laughs> let's only the best. Uh, let's it's better than what the swim and dive. You know. Let's head <laughs> off. Yeah, that's true. They got a... They got a faulty pocket watch, plastic. Um, let's head off Grand River, and there's some things to talk about. We were afoot with uh, some silliness. Uh, Representative Bill Pascrell Jr., Democrat of New Jersey, he looks like what your dead grandfather looked like in the casket. Um, that's <laughs> Bill, that. that's Bill. He's got that plastic
1: sheen about him. Is that what you're saying? Bill Pascrell He's just sunken makes Joe Biden look. Young and healthsome. (laughs) Healthsome. Healthsome. That's from our health professional. (laughs) Healthsome. Word of the week. Healthsome. (laughs) Healthsome young lad.
2: Anyway, Bill, uh, pinstripe suit and all, sent letters to several uh, public universities about uh, whether or not our tax-exempt status should be in question given the voluminous amounts that have been raised to pay for salaries, uh, particularly for our head football coaches. Michael Jones, opine on this subject.
0: Bill, I'd like to believe that you can walk and chew gum, but you clearly cannot. You have much bigger problems in life, first of all. You are... He's on Ways and Means. He's the chair of Ways and Means? Oversight subcommittee. <laughs> oh, on okay, on so, ways and um, means, but he's on it, okay, ways and means. Yeah. On ways and means. I thought this was ways and means taking it up, and I'm like, wow. Nope. I got a real yeah. deed up for that one, but all the same, truly, oh. Bill. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but we have actual problems in this country, like real, meaningful ones. And sure, we can get into spending on coaches, and I'm, you know, like the thing is, yeah, there's a little bit of this. It's like you're coming for my coach, but like. Honestly, Jim Harbaugh was making this money not that long ago until he was not good and then he was good. But like he was like, I I just, this isn't new. And so you truly are capitalizing on a headline for constituents. I'm not sure of, unless it's that, oh, you're from New Jersey where they don't value college athletics. And like, I, I just, man, I am like, Fuck Meanwhile, man, we got prob- we've got problems here, and you, this is this is a waste of time.
1: You want to talk about tax exempt status? The Mormon Church owns half of Salt Lake City and has like a, a land bank worth like four trillion dollars. And you, you want to talk Shh. about? There it is <laughs> for you. Shh, Shh. <laughs> for you. Uh, for those that are unaware, I work. Uh, for a company uh based out of Utah. But um it's it, this is it grab I, I'm with you, Josie, it grabs headlines, it, it gets you some points, it gets you on the TV, you can be seen on camera. But, but this like, we is don't have such COVID a low for priority. People. Like
0: like it, it, it's just
1: also the idea that a billion dollar university should be reduced to how much it's paying its head football coach. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, it uh, and and also <laughs> Like the the fact that you're right that what's so annoying about this is that there's a notion that you can score some points on this
1: mm-hmm.
0: because you you work at an institution that's so literally broken that this is the bullshit you guys can agree mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It, it just I don't know it it makes me mad not. Not that they care about the tax exempt status or or how athletics intersect with with that. Like, I mean, th- those are all fine questions to ask, but we're in the midst of genuinely a national crisis, and you guys can't do shit about it. But like, somehow you find time for this because if you truly were an advocate for your constituents, you'd be spending all of your waking hours advocating for the things that matter, and this isn't it. That's it. So. Get me closer to the, the meme utopia and and then we can talk about coming for this. But like, also, by the way, Bill, I don't know if you noticed, but Mel Tucker's salary from the university was the same as before. He just got a donor boost. So get out.
1: There All right. There uh, speaking of uh, governing bodies, the NCAA updated some of its COVID definitions. We... Uh have been in a real dark COVID place, as you'll recall from the the opening of uh of the episode here today. Uh now that we've got listener guests and and healthiness, what did you say before? Healthfulness, health, health, healthfulness. Like healthfulness expert. Uh Alex Plum on the podcast. Uh, what can you tell us about these updates to the uh COVID regulations from the NCAA? I,
2: it's really nothing groundbreaking, I think. And some interesting stuff. Um the J&J vaccine, you know, we've already, uh, science has expressed some skepticism on how long the positive effect uh, of of the J&J one-dose vaccine is. The NCAA setting efficacy at two months. Uh, that seems very conservative to me, but maybe mm. appropriate given the close quarters, especially in the winter months that our winter sports play. Um, uh, Pfizer is uh, five months of the primary series. Moderna gets an extra month, so six months. Um, that seems to comport with the science, again, I think conservatively, um, but that again assumes you haven't had a booster. If you get a booster for either of those, then apparently, indefinitely, you are considered fully vaccinated. So I think what's smart about this is they've moved the goalpost a little bit to say now that really the booster is what signifies full um, full vaccination status. And I think um, this is an interesting one, and I think there is some science to support this, but a person who has had a documented COVID-19 infection in the last 90 days is considered the equivalent of fully vaccinated. I think the challenge they're going to have is defining um, when that infection ended, Uh, because what we're continuing to see is that individuals who recover with COVID are displaying a truly bizarre and wide ranging um, uh, uh, menage of symptoms. Menagerie of symptoms. Um, you know, you've got folks, and you have to wonder. I mean, the mental stuff. I mean, we don't know what's going on with some of the guys that played football that maybe got it that are still out. We don't know what's going on with basketball players who recently recovered and are not themselves. So there's a lot that's happening. We we don't know exactly when. We think you know. So they're now saying five days if you're asymptomatic, but we're seeing people who are asymptomatic for a week who then become symptomatic. 10, 12 days later, and have, and then it go on to have a full course of the illness. So the disease is evolving in ways that, again, we're, we're just not catching up with. So I think um,
0: and, you have to well, balance Correct me if I'm wrong, but where this really matters from the like fully vaccinated status is for contact tracing, because it has to do with, how long those players have to sit out who are in close, who, who are considered in close contact. Right. Yeah.
2: And I think one of the pieces that would be unique here, and I think we have to, so at one point, and this is probably toward the end of 2020, I, it wasn't, I don't know. It was some article came out. And I believe it was in the Lancet. It might've been the BMJ that basically asked the question is contact tracing dead. And the point they made is that the virus is so prolific. It's a, it's a, I'm not going to say it's endemic because there was just an article about this, that it's not endemic yet, but I mean... just
1: doesn't the definition of... Endemic, endemic
2: means it's like the common cold. It just exists. It's something we're going to live with. We may not there, be there yet because it, it hasn't technically, but when you look at the map of how Omicron has penetrated the country and how every state in the New York Times is purple, you know you have to ask the question. But my point just remains. It's not there yet. That's fine. But it is so widespread, so widespread that the efficacy of expecting that you can create rules like this to then contact trace and then decide whether a player who is in close contact is at risk or is not at risk. The default assumption should be for any player in contact winter sports, everybody on the team, it it should just be assumed meets the definition. Now, if they're fully vaccinated or not fully vaccinated, that's fine. But anyone who's not fully vaccinated who's practicing or playing or in the weight room even once within a two-week window, that should be an, an incredibly—not con- even conservative, but just common-sense definition of what exposure should should be.
0: Plum, is chickenpox considered endemic?
2: Yes. But we have a vaccine for it now. You can, but you you expect—it's—and— it's, it's, there is a scientific definition of this. I'm going to leave that alone because I don't know it verbatim. But one of the things you learn in public health school is what it, there's the science, obviously, and we, that's that's governing. But there's also the the governing science also informs colloquialism. It also informs what is socially acceptable or accepted. One of the things you accept when you're a parent of a child and you're enrolling your child in kindergarten is let's over-under on how many months before little Johnny comes home with the chicken pox. So there's, there is an acceptability to that. Now, for a long time, polio was accepted and folks lived with the reality. That there was a one in not small number chance that your kid's going for the summer. I wonder which kids aren't coming back in the fall. So it's not to say that we, you know, you live with it. It's not to say you accept it. But but it is to say that those things were endemic. And vaccinations, as we saw with polio, can make those endemic things gone. Yeah,
1: right. cool. And of course, we know all about the polio vaccine from listening to the uh, oral arguments oh. in the Supreme Court this week. Um <laughs> Are apparently experts on public health now. They
2: are, and the polio vaccine was way overrated. It really didn't do much, and we never should have required it for children. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, Goody. Goody. Uh there
0: were a couple bad things that happened at uh Big Ten schools that I don't think we're gonna talk about because we're running long, but um, you
1: know. Well, those bad things were just a continuation of the bad things that have been happening at those big 10 schools for a that, while now.
0: That's a good point. All right. Well, uh,
1: Greg, let's uh, move to our preview before we head to Twitter questions. Yes. No? So there's one game this week, uh, which it might be a blessing for Thank MSU fan. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Friday at 9 p.m. Uh, some of us will be watching on FS1. Some of us will be watching uh, at Cole Center, if you're fortunate enough. Um, we'll be Wait. playing Wisconsin. So uh this Rick, are you is... gonna be at the call center? No, I'm not gonna be at the oh, he's office, he's no. literally
2: talking to Anthony Garvert right now. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's okay. You know, so often this uh podcast has an audience of one, and you know, that was one of those cases. Um And it is Anthony Garvert. Overall, uh Wisconsin kind of trending in the opposite direction of MSU. Um <laughs> currently currently 28 overall in the Kempom 36 on offense, 28 on defense, but they have had some pretty impressive wins of late. Um, They had a 10 point win against Ohio state. They took one on the road, um, eked out a victory, one point victory against Maryland, but still, um, you know, a win is a win. Um, Least importantly, Brad Davidson is still alive. Unfortunately, Uh, still on that team for the 15th consecutive goddamn year. But, What's grabbing headlines, of course, for the University of Wisconsin basketball team is Johnny Davis. Um, if you don't yeah. remember him from last year, uh 6'5 sophomore guard, um, didn't have nearly the utilization that he had has this He's year. So good. Um, if you haven't seen the highlights, if you haven't been watching those games, dude has been playing out of his mind. His uh his like stats for like performance above replacement are just unreal right now. So mm-hmm. Averaging about 22 points per game. Importantly as a six, five guard averaging seven and a half rebounds per game. So impressive. Um, and he's probably Alex plum. You know, if he wasn't wearing a, uh, Wisconsin Badgers uniform, probably would be one of Alex plum's favorite players. Cause he is good at getting to the line. And then he converts when he gets there, not a hundred percent, but shooting 80% right now from the free throw line. So, um, he's got to work on that, of course, because these are, you know, cause you got to do it. What, what was it that you said? Uh, control what you can control, control the control- with your health, with, with your healthfulness, healthful. um, to have a healthful team. Uh, so expect to see a lot of Johnny Davis in this game on Friday. If you haven't already, uh, seen him uh, played before. Um, the other relevant player, of course, on that team is, is Tyler wall, um, junior forward, six, nine averaging about, uh, 11 points per game. Those three guys are averaging somewhere in the 30 minute mark, uh, per game. So you're going to be seeing a lot of them. Um, you know, Johnny Davis is going to be a really good player. Tyler wall is a good role player. And then Brad Davidson will be stepping under three point shooters, trying to ruin their careers. So, um, <laughs> he's, I, He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like I I've never felt that way about a, a basketball player or a, a college football player actually or any any amateur athlete in the way that I feel about him. He's a piece of shit.
1: I had this for uh what's his name? He played for for Purdue um years ago and he was just like I'm a I'm a hard player. I'm, I'm a hard player. I play hard. Hey, he was just the worst. Uh, so anyway,
0: uh, uh, I don't know. Can we assume that Max Christie will be on Johnny Davis? I think it's a fair assumption, yeah? Yeah, 6'5". Yeah. I mean, I th- Pretty good honestly, people are
1: looking... Matchup. Yeah.
0: But like, people, how you? on? You know? Okay. I, I think that's the thing to watch. Because Max Christie has tended to hold people below their season norms. So... Mm. He, defensively he's been good. Um, even Tyson Walker actually was, was pretty good against boo Booey. But um, stop saying boo Booy.
2: Boo 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 I, boo, I, 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 I boo, him boo boo. Boo I, boo boo boo
0: boo. Are you complimented the other day for saying Booey.
1: I did uh, on the, on the podcast last week. Uh, right now Torvik has uh Wisconsin is a three point, uh, you know, three, three point favorite. So we'll see how this goes, but uh, take three points on the road. Yeah, I, the problem is they have a potential player in the year candidate in Johnny Davis, and they are trending in one direction and MSU is trending in the other. So those are the things that concern me most about this game. Yeah. We'll see, other mean, than is, Brad Davis. This is where Davidson Izzo makes his money. right? This is where Izzo his makes his money. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to say about Wisconsin? Other than, uh, you know, at some point in our tenure, this was actually the true rivalry game. Um,
0: but I, I don't know if it is anymore. I don't care for them very much.
1: Well, yeah, that's latent. <clears throat> that's part of me. It's never going away. Um, I really,
0: I don't like how they play
1: basketball. I don't like their team. It's harder to be upset with Greg Gard, though, than it was with Bo. With Bo was just hate- the most eminently hate- hateable person. Hate- hateful. <sighs> hate-
0: hatefulness. Uh, uh, I, you know, Brad, Brad Underwood does that to me now. Yeah, like, fair. There's, there's like a he's got like a bit of a goblin face. Well, we got him next, so that's next yeah. week. Bottle that, Drop that wizard. Uh, all right, let's head to our Twitter questions and uh, let's start with listener guest Mike Jones. No, oh, I'm sorry, not listener guest. Uh, lesser Mike Jones, uh, uh, who we
1: got to call out for his generosity, by the way. Who calls himself
0: out? Uh, so we don't need to call him out. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, listener, Mike Jones was not able to go to a, a, an MSU men's basketball game and, uh, was kind enough to donate the tickets to, to some other folks, um, who, uh, father and son who had to miss the Michigan game because they're not good at COVID, um, to, uh, get them to be able to go. And so that's, that was pretty great. Um, so he says. After we sent the eight-year-old to the basketball game Wednesday night to watch the buzzer beater. That's a great point, Mike Jones. God, I got the warm and fuzzies about that. Joey Hauser, delivering moments. Uh, Says, what's your moment that you fell in love with MSU? Your earliest memory of MSU. His was MSU U of M 99 with Plax MSU record wide receiver yards crushing David Terrell on the block and the golden leg of Paul Edinger. I'll That's start with uh, – I think for me it was when Kenneth Walker scored five touchdowns is really when I fell in love with Michigan State. <laughs> that was your <her laughs> – <mom. laughs> uh, I hate you. I,
1: no, uh, honestly – I know what you're going to say, and our listeners know what you're you, going to say as well. No, go ahead. you don't know what
0: I'm going to say. I think I might know what he's going to say. No, I don't, I don't. You guys are right, there at this moment. All right. But, uh, it, the, so the first game that I watched Michigan State intently was – the first game we played, um, when we were in college, and it was going to Piscataway and Greg Schiano taking a shit on our chests, and it squeezing was squeezing
1: out a Cleveland Steamer. T-
0: terrible! It was truly terrible. Like and we you were, were, like I align so myself with
1: this team.
0: Bad. And, hold on. And hold on.
1: Here's to that.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know what? I'll open a fresh one just for that. Uh. It honestly, like, I don't. Mike, uh, for me, when I was in it, I was in it, and I was in it all the way. So that was mine. And yeah, you thought I was going to say the Notre Dame game. I
2: you don't sit through that Notre Dame game unless, unless you, you are already, already in me. it. Yeah.
1: What about you, Paul? What you got?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, for football, my my first game was the home game against Central. Uh, that was my first game. I remember having one of the worst sunburns of my life because we had just <laughs> and then we're in the student section. And I have a picture actually with a, uh, with a friend of mine from that time, Lindsay Carl, where I'm wearing my sunglasses backward on my neck to try to reflect the sun off of my neck. Cause I was so sunburned, but that's was
1: that, it. Uh, successful. Yeah. Uh, I think plum were you at mine when I first started caring was, uh, or really caring was the 2005 elite eight game, uh, where MSU beat Kentucky. Were you at that game?
2: I was not at the Elite Eight game in 2005. I went to the, you
1: final, went to the four. final Four game. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, I was a little later than you guys, apparently. I was a late bloomer. Um, great question,
0: Mike Jones, though. Great uh,
1: question. Next from
0: Mike Jones Things you would rather watch than Joey Hauser playing D in Crunch Time? He says, I'll go first, the QAnon rally. <laughs>
1: Uh that is solid. Um <laughs> Uh I'd rather rewatch Wonder Woman 1984.
0: Um I mean I I think I'd rather There's a bad um, film. It's not a good film. I'd rather watch a reunion tour
1: of Stained. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself, Michael Jones? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Oh my
0: God. Uh, <laughs> Next up, Jonathan McCoy. Is COVID the bane of MSU's basketball's existence? Ever since Hoiberg was dying on the bench <laughs> and the 2020 NCAA championship was ruined, the team hasn't been the same. Bingham is just the latest iteration. I think Jonathan's indicating that Bingham's got long COVID. Uh, Plum, I'll turn it over to you. Listen, John
2: McCoy is one of my most respected friends, and if he says it, I know it to be true. Fact-based and healthful. So, no, it is, it is the bane of our existence. <clears throat> Correctly said, no one can take away from us the 2020 National Men's Basketball NCAA Championship. We did win that fair and square to universal applause.
1: Put the, uh, put, put the banner up. I'm putting the banner uh, all the way up. Next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants, Uh, if you need to pass on this question, (laughs) no harm done. Okay, great. At what point is Dan Cole on the hot seat? MSU hockey and its woes. I mean, he's not wrong. People are
2: talking. Dan, People. people have been saying. I mean, they were saying it about Kathy George. I'll say this a couple of seasons ago, but look what she was able to do. And then she retired. So listen, there's hope. Uh, for yeah, the record, I I don't know if that's what people were saying about Kathy George. Thank you.
1: We've been t- kind of teasing this as well that uh, there there does not seem to be a positive trend in the MSU hockey team right now. We have listeners that are much more knowledgeable on this subject than we are. JD Stewart, uh, Jimmy. So we should uh, invite them on the podcast at some point here in the future to talk about the uh, the hockey team. Next up from Mister Erotic Pants this week, I'm behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. Like everyone else, Tom Izzo has no life after work. He comes home, watches boring ESPN, and falls asleep with his face in a bowl of chili. Omicron canceled the Euchre Club, and Stevie doesn't want to hear the organ of polka anymore.
0: <laughs> I do not blame Stevie for that at all. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Tom Izzo listens to in the car?
1: I think he just watches film all the time. He's, he's just got an iPad up on the steering wheel with more film on it. Steely he uh, drives himself. Steely or do you think he makes Stevie drive him? Well, we we do know that he, he's got his like recruiting van, right? And he gets he gets drove around from place to place. That sounds like Souls to the Poles. Like he's just dragging children into the into the gym. <laughs> Uh, Nate C asks, uh, so basically the season's over, right? Uh, Plum Alex, thoughts on that? Uh, you just read your, your tweets from the game? Uh,
2: <laughs> I've said this before on the podcast. Nate C is my twin, my spirit twin when it comes to, um, reactions. Common sense, well thought out, not hot take reactions, born of a desire that this team live up to its best self. So yeah, stop watching. Stop watching.
1: Uh, Yeah. Nate's really got his finger on your pulse, right? Um, uh, But then (laughs) then he asks, there was a, this is the first time that we're recording the podcast with the zoom on. And there was a, uh, a uh, playful eyebrow raise Nancy you can mind. put your
2: finger on my pulse any old day <laughs> a, a shimmy of the eyebrows if you will
1: uh, <laughs> Oh you know I want to go hold on I, was,
2: I, was, I was, we have to just I I need to take a pause because my honor was insulted last week on this podcast What do you mean when one of the hosts who emptied a plum voice <laughs>
1: The impression,
2: and I got calls from the Anti Defamation League, from Glad, RuPaul herself called and wanted <laughs> RuPaul, to know if I would human Rights Watch suffer the indignity of the anti LGBT smear that I no, I'm just kidding. It was actually you, somewhat accurate.
0: Why did you leave the Q, the A, and the I out?
1: Oh no! Speaking of smears, RuPaul now has to make two calls in as many weeks.
2: I've never affirmed the queer or questioning, and that's that's on my that's on me.
1: Uh, <laughs> on I uh, specifically asked someone to tell me what they when they went through the podcast to tell me what the timestamp was on that uh, impression, and then at the end they they were like did you do a plum impression? And I was like, this is your latent homosexual, your homophobia. That's like, right. You didn't even, it didn't even register. It didn't even it. register. I barely, to be fair, I
2: barely caught it.
1: You're it's- in this with me now, is yeah. what I told them. But,
2: yeah. You're, you're part of the problem, you said. Yeah. <laughs> That's good.
0: This is great. Uh I, I love I love all of this hate crime that's happening right
2: now. Uh, <laughs> and more the progressive podcast. This is, good. this is good.
0: Uh next up from Nate C basketball will be fun again next week,
1: next month, March, or next year. Hey, Win well, uh, against Wisconsin's gonna make it fun, right? Other than that, next year. <laughs> I was gonna say
0: next month. I mean, I'm I I I, I assume that we're gonna drop a couple here
1: uh yeah you gotta, the you team's gotta really team is really getting into the teeth of the schedule at this point right so yeah it's on, it's honestly, not gonna be dro- a fun next month if they
0: drop a couple but you see the defense get better i think that's when you can say it's fine mm-hmm. like we'll be back um but the defensive effort has been so poor that that you gotta see that rebound <laughs> literally
1: <laughs> syntax that's- napkins asks um which is is that? Arsefire? Who is, who's yes, that is? Yes, that is, that is someone you know. Uh, which is the best song from Encanto? Encanto? Encanto. 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 Adding, don't worry, they're all bops, so there's not actually a wrong answer. So
0: I'll go ahead and say that I watched Encanto for the first time. Maybe this morning. Maybe it was yesterday morning. Wow. I don't really remember. Because I put earplugs in, held my child, and put a sleep mask on at the same time. So I don't know. I <laughs> don't
2: know what I'm more upset about. That you... <laughs> I guess you were holding him. That's better than not? You could have... Oh, yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's my safety guard, is that I can, I can just grab... And he wakes me when he moves. That's and then he likes to do the thing where he, he'll be like, pull the, the sleep mask out And look. And like, Daddy, wake up. I like <laughs> I'm that. like,
1: but I don't want to. But let's not. Let's not. Uh, I haven't seen this film. I'll never see this film. Next up from No, so, hold on. on.
2: I'm not done. I have seen it. And I liked it ate a lot okay it's a great film i highly recommend it i don't really watch a lot of disney cartoon things anymore in fact the last time i think i watched one was with uh jones it was toy story we both cried it was fine so you know but i will say that um and this is going to be a, a an unpopular opinion i think because i really like lin-manuel miranda um i saw does he do it too He did. Yeah, this is his. And I could tell it was his. And that's the point I'm making. I could tell Moana was his. I could tell Moana was his. I could tell that this was his. He didn't do the whole thing, but the ones that were his, you knew they were his. Because they sound like Moana. They sound like Hamilton. They sound like In the Heights. In the Heights, yeah. He has a consistent... And, you know, that's something you can't say about Sondheim. That's something you can't even say about Andrew Lloyd Webber.
1: Ah. There's
2: there's you you gotta we gotta get something else you gotta i gotta get something more from Lin-Manuel. the guy is brilliant i shouldn't be able to just hear the music and go oh and maybe that's a good thing maybe that's the distinctive quality maybe that's what he's going for but i'll 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 digress also i don't know how to pronounce half the words so i'm pretty sure that her question here was intended to stump us great
1: mm, i love that I've got one that's not a stumper from Syntax Napkins. Best gift to give a preschool child wrong answers only.
0: Uh, I do like that Raymond Chase's answer was Mountain Dew. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. The (laughs) answer (laughs) is (laughs) COVID. I do sincerely believe that uh, children should be getting gun training at that age. It's the only (laughs) way to make sure that we have a a safe society, uh, as if they start getting... Firearms training from a young age. So I'll go with that. Um, next up for Meal and Bloom. Uh, why do Spartan fans always think the sky is falling after a bad game? I think it's I endemic. I don't know who should answer that.
0: <laughs> it's endemic.
1: We this do, we do this
2: every year, right? We do this every year.
1: Every it, fan base does this every year. Go right? listen
2: to the January 16th or thereabouts podcast from 2021. You, you, I verbatim. It was
1: it was a consensus on this uh, podcast that the team was not going to be going to the NCAA tournament uh, last year. So, uh, you know, it happens. And it happens in every fan base, Elon Bloom. Uh, Next up, uh, are we seeing a whole new era of MSU football as Mel takes the whole new tact in everything? Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this was kind of exciting about it.
1: Yeah, and... uh, what I like the most is it's very modern, it's very forward, it's very innovative, and, uh, and there's no evidence so far that he won't be successful in it. To, to what degree? We'll see. But that is a program on the rise, and there's just no denying that fact. Um, and finally, from Elon Bloom, uh, will we see neon uniforms for the basketball team this year? I hope so. I like the neons.
0: Even a basketball. I mean we like saw a, them la- we saw them, you know, earlier in the season, right? Did we? Did we didn't we see the black on neon?
1: Well, there's also just like the a neon neon.
0: neon.
1: A, a home oh. neon. Um, oh, no,
0: I don't. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Well, no. I guess no, Black
1: no. and Neon would be home as well. I hope so. I hope so, Elon Bloom. Uh next up from Mamopoliaf, who's keeping with her. Keeping with her numbering scheme.
0: This is not going to last.
1: 2022, number seven. Recapping. How many co-hosts were on the pod last week? Two. Uh, Well, there's only ever two co-hosts on the pod. (laughs) Getting the bird. Boo. Getting the bird over the Zoom.
0: Boo earns. It's two. Two.
1: Two. (laughs) That's good. Uh, Number eight. Presently. How many co-hosts are participating this week? (laughs) 2 Two. I'm going to do this.
2: I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm sorry, Susan, because I know that you're doing this my, on, on behalf of me. But presently doesn't mean now. Presently means soon or shortly. So thank you. Well,
0: in a minute from now, it'll still be two. <laughs>
2: oh. oh,
0: Next up from my belief, uh, 2022 number nine. Next week, one host, two hosts, three hosts, four. Uh, or just the dog. We
1: haven't had a Yali.
0: uh
1: I uh, don't want to have squeakers.
0: Good for you. We gotta get Yali on the pod. Come on. Just get you get you some
1: earphones and we'll be moving on up in the world. Um next up from the Upper Deck jerk guy. Has inflation changed your spending habits? No. No.
2: No. Wasn't even aware it was happening.
1: <laughs> uh I, I think COVID has more, more <laughs> and change my spending habits than anything. Um I think the new coaches will lead to a top 10 recruiting class for 2023. Um so do you agree?
0: I think he implied that we do agree. Uh, uh I mean
1: I don't know. I don't even know how to I, b- analyze this. Uh I, let's say what's his name? Who's the, the last dude on the board for 2022? What's his name? Uh, Travante um, Citizen, yeah, the the LSU decommit. If he were to commit, and I'm sure you've seen this, Jonesy. Where would MSU's class end up? It's at not, 15 right now or something like that, right? It's when at go
0: 17 to, right now.
1: Uh, if you give me a second, I can figure it out, and you can. It doesn't. Contact. We this is not that important. Um, I think it's. I think there's going to be another couple before we start getting into those top 10 type classes. So I'm going to say disagree with you upper deck jerk guy for 2023 um and then finally uh what the hell happened today uh this question was oh, asked yesterday i presume yeah yeah uh which uh, we just dis- we discussed at length <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there upper deck jerk guy in the upper deck i saw how how open the upper deck was at Breslin center and uh that's why yes Je- Marcus Bingham looked up, tried to find you in the upper deck, saw only Jonathan's spirit, cried a single tear, and decided um, to really mail it in. <laughs> uh, it was a, move us to 15th, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm not entirely sure that, that's, uh, that we're going to make that jump in one year. Um, and then final, final questioner, uh, Anthony Garvert, our audience of one regarding Wisconsin. Um, have you gotten to the point where Tom Izzo now has to manufacture adversity for this team to make sure they aren't getting complacent? Did he give Bingham and Christie the vid and bench uh, slash play guys just to throw this game?
0: Definitely gave everyone COVID. That was, yeah. um, he's been railing against COVID, and that was his punishment for lack of rebounding.
1: We didn't have anyone, uh, we, we haven't had anyone out since when? For COVID? Since before High Point? No, no, yeah. since
0: around High Point.
1: So, uh, I, um, I'm getting, I mean, so, there's adversity alright, That's for sure. Is it manufactured?
0: No, I think Tom Izzo f- screwed some shit up. Like, you, you can't tell me getting murdered inside <laughs> with Joey Hauser playing the five wasn't him screwing up. Because Julius Marble was playing his lights out, so he should have been in the game. Like, I don't know how you spin that any other way other than, Tom, you fucked up. Like, you just yeah. fucked up.
1: Izzo has never really liked riding the hot hand. It's...
0: No, but, I mean, but at that point in time, it, 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 he was automatic. He wasn't hot. He was automatic. Mm-hmm. It, so, no, I, I think Tom screwed up. I think the team sucked. Like, they got to figure some stuff out. I mean, it, they. but we've seen... They're very capable of being very good. So you know, I I still maybe I'm a little off of my Final Four prediction from when Garvert asked to pin me
1: down on something, but
0: I, I still think this team <laughs> has uh, uh, a lot of a lot of good left in them. So last up, prop bet of the week: number of turnover oh. number More. of turnovers <laughs> committed by MSU combined against Wisconsin and Illinois versus Christie's three-point percentage by the end of the season. He's currently at 33.8%. He sets the over-under at
1: 37.5. So this is this. over two games, um, and we determined that the turnovers per game is like at 20 right now, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so so I'm going over on both of these. <laughs> Christy gets his shot a little bit more, and going on the road to Cole Center and then playing Illinois, bro uh illinois in champagne uh there's gonna be some turnovers there's gonna be some turnovers fuck all right (laughs) that sounds like as good a place as any to end this
2: well Uh, anything you want
1: to say on that subject before we uh
2: yeah, I'm, I'm taking the over both ways and I'm because I want to have something to be furious about as opposed to just how many times Brad Davison gets the charge call because that's the one thing he knows how to do is flop like a bitch. There it is. All right.
0: Sounded uh, advanced.
1: getting the Foley in here. Really good.
0: All right. Uh. uh, gentlemen, uh, not the week we wanted to have in sports, at least not in basketball anyway, but, um you know, always good to be a Spartan. So let's go, go green. Go white.
1: Go white. Michael Jones and Alex Plum.